Well, good morning again, Chad, and everyone, welcome to NFL Fantasy Matchup, and we are here once again, and so happy Friday to you, Jed. Yeah, happy Friday. Man, thank goodness we're at the end of the week. <laughs> it's good to see you. Well, hey, we're going to start off, we were just talking about, there are so many news and notes uh, so for this weekend. So let's start off with some of your thoughts on news and notes coming out of training camp. Yeah, you know, I actually did want to just start with mentioning, obviously, the tragic shooting of Jacob Blake and the death of two protesters afterwards. So the NBA canceled their playoff games, but they are restarting the playoffs. And just mentioned that there were nine NFL teams that canceled their practice the same day. Of course, the Green Bay Packers, given it happened in Wisconsin, the Bears and the Cardinals also. Um, so, you know, again, just something to bear, um, you know, worth watching and just paying attention to. Um, the the other thing I'll mention is with regard to COVID, there's only one player on the COVID list in the entire NFL. And so, again, it just suggests these protocols are really working, um, which I think is a good sign. The one thing I would probably say, Chad, is in regards to this whole thing of the NFL, Major League Baseball, everything like that, protesting and not holding mm -hmm. games, it, it was a curveball that just came in already a shortened season, 60-game season in Major League Baseball, a curveball threw in. NFL, there it may happen as well too. COVID situation or something similar that may may ask teams to miss a game here and there. It's just a weird season, and that means a lot of times you have to pay more and more attention to your bench as it applies to fancy football. Yeah, and I think you have to pay attention right up until kickoff of the game. You yeah. know, there's just going to be things that someone you thought was going to play who's suddenly not available, yeah. and so you really just got to pay more attention. Yeah, and waiver wire, knowing where your waiver wire is. And a lot of times, Jed, and you will probably say is sometimes, a lot of times the default mode is once you pick up someone waiver, then you go to number 10 or number 12, and you go back at the last waiver wire. And so you have to figure out, is this player so important that I want to waste a waiver wire move or save it for the following week? Yeah, and what Tommy's talking about for you, some of you newbies out there is um, the way – players that aren't on rosters work is and there's actually two different ways but one is it's a list so the per, the team that is in last place gets the first crack at the players and then if they take a player they go to the back of the list there's actually another way you can do it which is with auction which essentially you have a set amount of money and you can make bids on players and i personally like that approach better yeah. but so it depends on which setting you have for your um, league and so it does every single one it's going to cost you something so you have to pay attention to um, whether or not you really want that person Correct, correct, correct. Hey, I'm going to go to you. What what are some of the news and notes coming out of training camp? Yeah, sure. So there's quite a bit happening. Um, the one I'm, first one I'm going to start with is um, Damian Harris in New England. Um, hearing great things about Damian Harris running backs having a great, great um, training camp. Um, the guy's taking all the first team reps, even with Sony Michelle is back in practice and Harris is still taking the number one rep. So, you know, just, a, I think it just kind of bumps him up a little bit. And, you know, he's obviously a, a, a lot of people are on him, but um, I thought that was a good sign. Uh, contrary Can to that, I go ahead. that yeah, fast. sure. I'd like to say that was my sleeper pick and that was somebody <laughs> I've been talking about. So I just want to say that. Yes, yes, you are. You're definitely on him and yeah it's he's looking great in camp and people are raving about him um contrary to that um in buffalo devin singletary having fumbling yeah, issues yeah, now on yeah. top of zach moss looking really good apparently single so singletary had fumbling problems last season in practice he's already fumbled four times it's only been like however many weeks in so zach moss again i think looking good i think you got to knock down singletary a little bit at least i would a lot of people are calling Singletary a breakout player, but for some reason in the NFL, once you fumble, it doesn't matter how talented you are, you are benched. 
Yep, exactly. I mean, that's the quickest way to the doghouse for the coach. Um, back to the Philadelphia Eagles, they lost their left tackle to an injury and actually had previously last week lost their right guard. That's two major um, you know, foundations of your offensive line. So for me, I think we've got to downgrade Miles Sanders just a tad um, and maybe you know take into consideration some of these injuries. Well, uh, Go Miles ahead. Sanders is also injured with a uh, hamstring injury. Yeah, yeah, soft tissue as well. Um, but again, I think that one should be okay. He should be coming back. Doesn't seem like it's going to be long term. Um, but yeah, again, pay attention to that. Uh, a couple other, um, you know, injuries. DeAndre Swift also had uh, kind of a soft tissue injury. He's held out of his second practice, and so that anytime you see two practices miss, got to pay attention to that. So I'd monitor that. Um, David Montgomery of the Bears said, you know, um, had a pretty significant injury, although it wasn't as bad as they were fearing. They were really like maybe season any kind of things but now they're saying he's out two to four weeks um so pay attention to that uh, another one i'll mention is ben roethlisberger um reports out of camp saying that guy's looking great they're saying he's really looking back to his old form and so um i think you gotta you know upgrade all the Steelers. it's so far in the average draft positions all the Steelers players are still going pretty low you think yeah. of james connor you yeah. think of juju smith schuster so i think you might want to bump those guys up a little you know a lot of people just have uh, short memories. They just do not remember how great J.J. Schuster and James Conner was a couple yep. of years ago. And with Mason Rudolph throwing to those guys, they have a second and third string quarterback last year. Everyone struggled and there were injuries. And so a lot of times people are downgrading. This is the best way, especially we're going to talk about an auction draft to bid low on them. Or for a standard draft, we're going to look at that. You can pick these guys at a good price. Exactly. It's all about draft position. So a lot of times it's not about – so it's it's both understanding who's going to be good in the season, but then it's also about how do you get them cheap? How do you not have to pay a lot so you can save your money for other players as well? The last one I'll mention, um, and this one kills me because you know I'm a big Chris Carson fan up in Seattle running back. I really think he's going to have a great year. Um, but his backup, Carlos Hyde, having a yep. really strong yep. camp and so yep. it's taking it's eating into his reps he may get a little bit less volume so i think it's something to pay attention to chris carson is a great example of when we talked about uh singletary devin singletary is chris carson has these games where he just fumbles as soon as he fumbles whether it's in the first quarter second quarter he's out for the rest of the game and then his backup rashard penny always comes in it's the same thing with devin singletary no matter how good he is he fumbles and next thing you know moss is coming in yeah, you're absolutely right. In the NFL, fumbling is a big deal. And in fantasy, too. In, in, in most leagues, you lose points if you fumble, um, yeah. up to, even some leagues up to two points. So something to pay attention to. David Montgomery, does it uh, reduce his draft position for you in light of the fact that he might be out two to four weeks with oh, the groin sure. injury? For sure. He should definitely drop off. In fact, um, some people might, I mean, it might go past the 10th, 11th, 12th round um, because missing, you know, missing even two weeks is a big deal. Again, when you're thinking about your players, you need to think about how many points are you going to get over the course of a season. And if you're only getting 14 games versus 16 games or 12 games versus 14 games, that definitely downgrades. Um, and sure. so you, you got to knock them back. Which, by the way, in some sense, actually, and maybe we'll talk about it in the trap, like Devontae Freeman is probably your best running back that's still sitting out there. Yep. If no one is picking up, maybe for your last pick, it might not be a bad idea to pick up Devontae Freeman. Oh, yeah. I mean, playing for the second half of the season with some of your um, kind of stash picks, I would call them. So, for example, Antonio Brown, he's suspended for half of the season. You got to think someone's going to pick him up. You pick him really late, stash him on your bench, and you wait, and all of a sudden he gets picked up by some team, a New England, a Seattle, a contender, and then all of a sudden you've got Antonio Brown on your in your squad for the last half of fantasy. That pretty much could win it for you.
Again, that's why I said about my sister-in-law. She was in last place and picked up Kenyon Drake and completely won that thing. Yep, exactly. It can turn your season around. Yeah. Hey, a couple of things on my end. Baker Mayfield says that he's feeling more and more comfortable in the new offense. Does that give you more confidence in Baker Mayfield or Odell Beckham, which you like but don't like at the same time? Yeah, um, you know, it's a good sign. I will say, I mean, poor Baker Mayfield, you know, he's had to adjust to new offensive um, systems almost every single year. So it's a good thing that he's saying that. Um, I'm actually, I think, bigger for me there is hearing out of camp is that he's getting a good connection with Austin Hooper and with the tight end, and they've really missed that. And the offensive scheme they have in Cleveland really needs a tight end position. So that does give me a little bit more confidence for all the skilled players in Cleveland. Logan Thomas emerging as Washington's number one tight end, former quarterback coming out of LSU. Is he even on your radar? Is, are you going to even give him a look? Uh, you know, with Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith at the QB position, maybe if I mean, I haven't heard any more about Alex. It doesn't seem like he's going to be taking over or anything. Um, no, it doesn't. It's an interesting one. I do like these converts to the tight end position. Um, but yeah, no, not for me. I'm not, I'm not staying away from the passing game there. Derrick Henry has caught at least 18 or fewer receptions in all four NFL seasons in the NFL. He is catching more confidently. Does it bump you up to the second pick in the NFL draft? Yeah, particularly if you're in a PPR league, I think it bumps him up at least into the top five. Um, I'm a big Derrick Henry fan to begin with. You know, I have him in our league. And so I I love Derrick Henry. And it's that's just gravy if he's going to catch more um, passes. So, yeah, if you, especially if you're in a PPR league or you get points for receptions, you should bump him. Nick Foles inches ahead in a quarterback competition with Mitch Trubisky. Last <laughs> week, it was Mitch Trubisky just inches ahead. Thoughts on this quarterback competition? You know, I oh, I don't know. As a Bears fan, I really hope Foles wins. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, you know, I, I think with Foles at the helm, I'm much more confident in all the offensive players um, and in the passing game especially. And so I hope he wins out. Joe Mixon is will return mm. soon with a migraine, but there is concern that he is actually pulling this stun and because of a contract issue. Does that worry you with you about Joe That's Mixon? interesting. I didn't hear that it was related to the contract because he's had these kind of headache issues before. Like last season, he had some games where he, that was a serious concern. He had to miss, I think, whole halves of a game. Um, you know, that's interesting. I'll, I'll say, though, Joe Burrow is, is lighting it up. And so that, you know, in Cincinnati kind of gives me a little bit more confidence and actually bumps up Mixon, in my opinion. But keep watching the contract situation. As you said, if they don't get a resolve before the start, of the season then that's going to be a problem drew breeze predicts breakout season for trey kwan smith yeah, opposite right. michael thomas in our draft no way picked him up is he even on your radar at all should we he, even consider him he wasn't but if a quarterback mentions him he's on my radar now i agree i mean probably you know maybe you consider him in the 13 14 15 pick i mean the new orleans saints offense is so prolific definitely can have two 1000 yard wide receivers and so it's someone you got to pay attention to when a, when a um, quarterback calls out their wide receiver that's always a great sign uh, Adam Gase trade for Balage, uh, Kalen Balage, any threat to Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, that I saw that pick up. Um, I, 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 you know, but I'm not, I'm not huge on Le'Veon Bell either, and so just the whole offense to begin with. Um, so no, I don't think it's a threat. A couple of things is you see all these soft tissue injuries, yep. and so that is a concern, especially in light of this shortened season, training camp, everything like that. But the last thing I show have for you Tyler Eifert 
showing a strong connection with Gardner Minshew. At his best, without injury, Tyler Eifert was really, really good in Cincinnati. Thoughts on yes. that? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I like that. Um, I've heard definitely, you know, the injury bug is something that you have to watch with him. Um, but if he's got that connection going, I think that's a really good sign. The other one I'll mention, I, I was surprised you didn't mention, was uh, Kevin White, former Bear, got picked up by the 49ers. Um, and, you know, his former first-round pick. And just pay attention to there because um, the wide receiver situation in San Francisco is really injury. I mean, they got serious injuries. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, who climbs out of that pack. Jed, we're talking about important news. <laughs> important news. The guy was terrible. Yeah, he terrible. was. He was. I don't know, but, you know, you just never know. Sometimes a change of scenery really does people good. You just never know. Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> hey, let's take a quick look at the differences between standard draft or auction draft. Yeah, I thought it would be good to just kind of briefly go over this for anyone who's new. I mean, standard draft is what most people will fall into. So this is a situation where the draft picks come in order. So if you're in a 10 teague league, you know, you get a certain position and basically you go in order and then it snakes around. So if you're the 10th pick, you also get to take the 11th pick. And so when you're doing that, there are some benefits. Like one of the benefits is when you're in the draft, there's some time between picks. You can think a little bit. Um, but some of the downsides of the standard draft is that um, it's kind of based on luck. You know, someone yep. who gets the first yep. pick versus someone who gets the 10th pick, it's just a lot easier to get better players yep. at the first pick than the 10th. And I we I have seen players win in that back position, um, but, you know, it's just a little harder. I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that, if you like one or the other. Jed, I actually like the 9th and 10th pick. I actually, mm. uh, in our mock draft, I had the first pick. I was in a, that's the one pick I never want, the first <laughs> pick. Because by the time you pick the best player – you do not see anything until all of your decent running backs and star wide receivers are gone. But as we look at it in the mock draft, the ninth and 10th pick, you can still get good wide receivers and very good uh, running backs as well, too. Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, and maybe as fantasy has shifted a little bit in the past, those first couple picks were yep. much bigger differences. And so they you could basically win a season if you got that. And so I agree with you. You know, maybe it's a little less as important yeah. um, or maybe even a hindrance. Now, auctions drafts, in comparison with an auction draft, basically you start with a pot of money. So let's say you have $200 and yep. imagine it. And actually some, some leagues it's real money. Uh, but then basically um, when it's your turn, you nominate a player and then there's just a bid process and so what i like about that is you you have a chance at every single player if there's yeah. someone you really like you yes. can really bid it up yes. and make sure you get them and so that's just a different style jed the worst thing i hate in standard drives is you're sitting there looking at it the pick before you <laughs> Darn it, that was the guy who wanted that i've been eyeing that person Oh Whereas yeah, auction draft. You you could get that person. Yeah, exactly. You still have a chance, and that's I think it's a, again a little bit more fair, a little bit more equitable. Yeah. Um, but you're absolutely right. Everyone's had that feeling. You're going through the draft and you're waiting. You're like, please fall to me, and then bam, the person right before you takes them. <laughs> that's now the one thing with auction draft, it's more rare, but more it's becoming more and more popular with a lot of different people. You actually have a chance. Is do you want to spend your two hundred dollars, eighty dollars, or one hundred sixty dollars on two superstars? And you are set with two of the best running backs, or do you just save it and let everyone spend the money and then go in and start picking up? Then you now have a loaded roster with a lot of depth or trade pieces in the future. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of strategy to the auction draft, and you can kind of play a lot of different scenarios out, which is really cool. I mean, I think, yeah. like you said, two superstar running backs or two superstar wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, you can do that and then just blow your thing. The only thing I'll say is, 
with um, new players to auction drafts sometimes can get bit because what will happen you'll see is either one a new guy will just spend all his money on yeah. two or three guys and had yeah. literally like nothing yes. left at the back yes. or they'll wait too long yeah. and by the time they finally start spending their money all the superstars are gone Correct. so that's the only thing you got to have a little bit more sophisticated players yep. I think to play in an auction draft in my first auction draft I've ever, I, I saved all my money. And every day, I had $80. And I'm sitting there, I can't do it. And so now I'll try to have a, uh, at least an even uh, between yeah. star one or two and something like that. Yeah, if you're doing an auction draft and you have money left over at the end, that is bad, okay? Yeah. Like, that is not what you want to do. Yeah. But you don't want to be the guy who suddenly has – $10 left by the fourth round. Yes, true. You, exactly. Yeah. And then the, and the reason you don't want that to happen uh, for those listening is because at the back end, there's usually really good value. So there's all these players who all of a sudden, wow, you can get a, you know, let's say a Drew Brees for like $2 or something. Yes. It's like, wow, that's a great pick. Yes. And would you say, unless you really are in love with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, do not spend your money on the quarterback until the end. Well, again, you know, it depends on your strategy, and we're going to talk about that. For example, um, one of the strategies I love is connecting a quarterback with their wide receiver. So if you really like Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and you want to make that combination, man, I say go for it. It's a lot of fun. It's interesting you say that because I actually purposely avoid that strategy because on the bye week or when they have bad days, I have two players who are struggling. Yeah, but so, but on the flip side, if they hit, man, you got two guys who basically can win you the whole week. And so, yeah, I, yeah, I like that strategy myself, um, again, because I like to play the matchups. Um, I really pay attention to what defenses they're playing against. And so if I can get that tandem, I personally like it. Now, I won't do it with, let's say, running back and wide receiver, you know, because the quarterback wide receiver connection is obvious. Um, but I won't do it with other players. I tend to not like that. Hey, one last thing, uh, auction yeah. drive. Are you the type of guy that will realize that two other players are bidding and you'll just bid just to make sure that oh, they for sure. Money? Oh, for sure, definitely. I am pushing up the bids for that, and I have definitely gotten bitten by that where you're yeah. just purposely trying to up someone's bid and then all of a sudden you win it. That has happened to me. I mean, yeah, you need to get people to spend their money because the less money other people have, the better you are, a better position you're in. So definitely. Oh, my gosh, yes. All right. <laughs> let's take a quick look at track results. Oh, nice. I didn't know you're going to be able to show it. That's great. Yeah, I wanted to talk through, um, and I think the way we'll do this, we had a lot of fun, guys. We did this mock draft, and thanks to everyone who participated. Um, and we'll just kind of do it round by round. I mean, I think for me, if you look at the first round, you know, Kishan McAfee, I mean, it's interesting, um, Ezekiel Elliott going second. I mean, I, I mentioned before, I don't have him um, up that high. Same with Saquon Barkley. But if you look at the first five, you know, that's basically about what you would have expected. I think there were basically no huge surprises in the first round. The only thing I would say, maybe Michael Thomas went at six, maybe a tad early. You know, I think more, usually you would see Michael Thomas going more around that eight, nine uh, position. Um, but, you know, it's still not not unheard of. Um, I had the eighth pick and I thought it was great that Dalvin Cook fell to me. I was really excited about that because I have him in my top five. Well, Jed, I actually was surprised that Ezekiel Elliott went as high as he did yes. just because he doesn't catch the ball a lot. I actually thought Dalvin Cook would go second. Ezekiel Elliott would probably go about uh, seventh or eighth or sixth uh, in the sixth spot. Yeah, and again, for those of you, this was a we said it was a PPR league, and so catches do matter. And so I agree there that um, you know if you're in a PPR, Ezekiel Elliott should be pushed down a little bit. But he gets such high volume in Dallas, yeah. which is one of the big reasons he's up there. And have you realized Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is getting so much love in Kansas City? 
Oh, yeah, everywhere. I mean, look, you see him now in top 10. He went seventh in our round, um, and I'm seeing a lot of drafts. He's going in the top five. And so, again, yeah. you know, it's a boomer bust pick. I mean, yeah, there's good reports out of training camp. Everyone loves him and everything. But, man, with these rookies, you just never know once the games actually start. Um, so, but, yeah, he's definitely going in the first round now. Yeah. The one thing I noticed in the bottom half in the 10th, 11th pick later on in the second round is there was Devontae Adams, the player who picked Devontae Adams, but he went ahead and picked Nick Chubb. But – Look at DeAndre Hopkins was actually right there. What if he went and got Devontae Adams and then with his first pick in the second round, DeAndre Hopkins? You still then later on, if I look all the way at the end, James Conner still available, uh, Aaron Jones is still available, uh, all of these, Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, all yeah. of these guys are still available. Yeah, he could have done exactly. He could have done a wide receiver, wide receiver um, strategy, and that certainly would have been strong. I mean, basically, at the end of the day, you know, for the if you look at the top of round two, I mean, what Jalen's team was picking between was Nick Chubb or a DeAndre Hopkins. So basically, like to you, is it more valuable to have essentially the number two or number three wide receiver or the roughly eighth or ninth um, running back? That's the decision you kind of make uh, yeah. have to make there. So yeah, I agree with you. You definitely could have it. To to me, what was interesting about that second round you looked at the second round was dominated by wide receivers and tight ends there yeah. were five wide receivers and tight ends and so i thought that was uh pretty interesting that you know it again shows there's much more parity these days where picking a wide receiver versus a running back you can think about that more and again especially in a ppr league uh, for me at that third spot i was debating between hopkins and hill i know you don't like tyreek hill but i was debating ultimately went with hopkins um and i was actually hoping talking about that before I wanted Kenyon Drake, and then Jimbo yep. picked him up yep. right before me because I was hoping to match Kenyon Drake up with Dalvin Cook, which would be yep. a phenomenal backfield. Was there any thoughts of Julio Jones for you? No, as I mentioned before, I think he's on the downturn, um, and so no, it was it was really between Hopkins and Hill. Um, I think the the wide receiver order went about right. Michael Thomas, then Devontae Adams, yeah. and then Hopkins. I think those are your top three guys. Got it. Got it. What about tight ends? Any thoughts? Or are you still on the sense that there's so many tight ends available? Yeah, I mean, man, I was good. we were going to talk about that later. If you look in the later rounds, even up to around ten, there are some good tight ends available. Yeah. So one of the strategies to consider is if you're not going to go after, I mean, you can't argue getting a Kelsey or a Kittle here. I mean, I think those are good picks. Um, but if you don't pick a tight end early, it, it pays to yeah. wait. And same thing yeah. with quarterback. If you don't um, take one early, it pays to wait. Seriously, later on, we'll see that these tight ends, George Kittles, Travis Kelsey are picked up, but you won't hear any tight ends until later on in the draft. Yep, exactly. So if you go on to um, the third round there on the right-hand side of the screen, you can see um, the first two quarterbacks off the board. And so yeah. we see both Mahomes and Lamar Jackson going. Um, but again, it's interesting to see, you know, still um, uh, quite a bit of wide receivers. We still had five wide receivers. And so really wide receivers, um, the receiving came out in the second and the third round. So really that the set of running backs was in the first round. And then we see it starting to pick back up um, around the fourth round. So I thought that was interesting. You know, with my pick, I picked Aaron Jones with the third uh, and before that I picked James Conner. But I was trying to figure out, OK, if I pick a third running back, what wide receivers are there available? And I missed out on Godwin and Thielen and Galladay, who I love Galladay, Allen Robinson, Odell Beckham. Probably not the best uh, strategy going uh, going forward. 
Well, yeah, it was interesting what you did was so Tommy picked three running backs for in his first three picks. And so he just wanted to see what would happen, what would be available. And like you said, I mean, it, it puts you in a great position for those three. But then your wide receiver, really, it does start to drop yeah. off. But, you know, still an interesting strategy and something that can work. I mean, loading up in one position is not, um, you know, a bad idea. And so it's, it's interesting to see just how it plays out. Because, Jed, you're asking yourself, okay, if I don't get a running back right now in the third, by the time it loops back to you on snake in a standard draft, yep. all the decent running backs, halfway decent running backs are all gone. Yeah, yeah, pretty much you have to get a running back by round. If you're getting into round four, so if you look in round four, and actually that was where um, I had to pick. I had, so at that third pick in round four, I got Chris Carson, which you guys know I really like Chris Carson. Um, but, you know, in looking back over at it, I think I really probably should have uh, thought about Mark Andrews. I really like Mark Andrews, and at a round four pick, that's pretty good value. But as far as running backs, as you see in that fourth round, Chris Carson, Todd Gurley, that's pretty much it. And so you're kind of scraping the back of the barrel. Like, look at the next running back. The next running back after Carson is Le'Veon Bell. Yep. And so that's a big drop off in my opinion. And so pretty much you got to have at least one running back, ideally within the first three rounds. Actually, no, no, people just seem to love Jonathan Taylor right before uh, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're right. I miss Taylor and Taylor a, is a good pick. Um, he's a, got a lot of uh, upside there. Yeah. The one thing I also realized is, uh, and you talked about it before, how high Calvin Ridley is being drafted. People seem to love Calvin Ridley. Yeah, and I'm on that wagon too. I, I do like Ridley Lies. I said, I think he's going to take over more for Julio Jones. In fact, to be really honest, I think I would draft Ridley before Julio, which is, I know, really? a little sacrosanct um, because Julio has been so dominant, but I just feel like he's been on a downward trend, Ridley's on the, um, on the upward swing, and I think this is the kind of handing of the baton off to him this year. Yep, yep, yep. I know uh, in the fourth pick in the fourth round, we see Terry McLaurin. And I, I just don't like it just because of the Washington team's quarterbacks. Yeah, agree. I, I was shy. I'm basically not going to pick anyone from Washington. So um, I thought that was a surprise. But I know some people are up on him. Um, but I agree with you. I personally would avoid that. Yep. Round five, especially in PPR, people love Cooper Cup. I'm not a big Cooper Cup fan because I don't like the quarterback, but people love Cooper Cup. Yeah, you know, and I told you before, he gets a lot of receptions, a lot of dink and dunk. I know I don't like the uh, Jared Goff as well, but there's a lot of passes there, a lot of short passes, so I can see that, especially in a PPR league. I think what you see in round five to me is here's where people are starting to look at those sleeper picks. They're picking, they're kind of reaching a little bit. You're kind of taking a chance a little bit. We mentioned Jonathan Taylor. Um, also, DeAndre Swift was my pick down at the eighth pick in the fifth round, which I would say is a little bit of a reach, you know, but I think this is the round you can start to do that. You're you're saying, hey, I'm taking a chance on this person. If they hit, it's going to be really good. Um, and, you know, you've made four picks before this that were pretty safe. So I think fifth round is a good, good round to start doing that. What was your argument with DeAndre Swift over all of the other running backs that were out there in terms of rookie running backs? Yeah, so main, for me, it's just upside. So DeAndre Swift, for example, you got Dave, uh, David Montgomery was right behind, which I would say is more consistent pick. You can yep. certainly expect more consistently out of him. But if DeAndre Swift is as good as we are thinking he's going to be, he's going to outperform David Montgomery by quite a got bit. It. So it's more like kind of upside versus um, consistency. Got it. Got it. Got it. Going um, and at the same time, was there any thought of uh, picking up uh, Kerryon Johnson as a handcuff later on in the rounds? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Carry on Johnson was someone that, I, but actually, you'll see. Carry on Johnson, I think, didn't get drafted until nope. I think like the thirteenth, fourteenth round. He got drafted really, really late. Um, so yeah, definitely, you need to start thinking about handcuffs um, too. But again, for those of you who are new, if you have a superstar running back, you want to draft his backup as insurance, and so that's what we yep. mean when we say the handcuff. Got it. All right, next one. Yep. Uh, the one that stood out to me, C.D. Lamb. My brother picked him up. C.D. Lamb is a stud running, I mean, wide receiver, yep. but he's in crowded wide receiver three between Gallup and Mari Cooper. Yeah, and you know, I like C.D. Lamb a lot. He's a physical presence, a big guy, and super fast. I mean, I do think, um, I, I think he has definitely potential to get a lot there. You're right, though. It's a crowded wide receiver core there, and they're both yeah. uh, wide 1,000-yard uh, receivers. So we'll see how it shakes out. You know, for me, getting him in the sixth round, though, it's not terrible. I mean, I I think, um, you know, again, like I said, you can start to take a chance at some people here. The big thing that stood out to me in round six were all the quarterbacks that went off. So, yeah. you know, we talked about the first two in round three, but here's where you see a big run. Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, and Tom Brady all went in this round. And so it tells you that if you're going to try to get that second tier quarterback, you really not need to start thinking about it right around this round. I was surprised when my pick here, Jed. David Johnson was still sitting on the board after Kareem Hunt, Singletary, uh, uh, DeAndre Sip, uh, Montgomery. Every he was still sitting there. Yeah, that was a good pick. I thought that was a lot of value to get David Johnson in round six. Um, I don't expect that to happen in other drafts. I think he'll go a little bit sooner. So that definitely fell right in your lap. Although to your earlier strategy, now you've got all these, you got four <laughs> running backs. So it really just loaded you up um, on running back. But it does that was a good value pick for sure. Let me ask you, what's your argument between DeAndre Swift and versus David Johnson? Was it mostly on potential alone? Yeah, it was, you know, and I thought about David Johnson there. Actually, I really liked um, Johnson, you know, as yeah. you, um, you know, we've, we've talked about. Um, but again, it's just upside. You know, I think the upside uh, with Swift is really high with all of his catching out in the backfield as well. Um, and so, that's, you know, I'm, I'm high on Detroit this year. I think Detroit has a chance to make the playoffs for the first time. <laughs> One last comment. Were you surprised Josh Allen was picked so high? Yes, yes. You know, I'm not a big Allen fan. Um, and so I was surprised. I think what happened, and this is what happens. People start picking quarterbacks, and I think th this person got a little bit nervous that, oh, I, I might miss out on a quarterback. And so they just jumped on the next one, which was Josh Allen. And so I think that can happen. These are called runs. And so you'll see a run in a draft where all of a sudden one position starts going, and people get a little nervous that they're going to miss out on someone, and so they jump. If that happens, generally speaking, you don't want to be at the back end of the run. You want to be at the front of the run, not the back, because then you don't get the good players. Uh, as we're running out of time, round yeah. seven, eight, nine, anything that stood out? Yeah, seventh, eight, and nine. Again, I would just say seventh round, um, Drew Brees came, went in seventh round. Very good value. Same with Keenan Allen, I think a number one wide receiver in the seventh round. Um, in round eight, I'll say, look at all the good tight ends still available in round eight. We talked about this earlier. Waller out of Las Vegas and Tyler Higby, um, which I think are – you could argue is yeah. a top five pick and yeah. so a top five tight end to get him in the eighth round is really good value uh and then in the ninth round marquise brown and aj green those two guys stood out to me as really good wide receivers to get so late yeah. will fuller round eight there is high high potential is will fuller uh deshaun watson's already said that he expects him to be a breakout player injury is a concern but if he hits man that's a good pick yeah, yeah, Will Fuller. I've liked him for a long time. I mean, the guy is a speedster, and so yeah, if he can if he can stay injury free, um, a great pick for sure. Yep. People seem to love Jarvis Landry, round eight. 
I just don't like Jarvis at Landry. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on what you think of the Cleveland offense. He was the leading wide receiver out of Cleveland last year. Um, I do think Beckham is going to bounce back this year, so I expect that. Um, I don't expect that to happen again. But Landry, you know, if the offense is as good as you would hope in, in Cleveland, he could be a good value pick there. Also, another comment that I make is seven. Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins. We saw Jonathan Taylor being picked up. There's a lot of rookie running backs being picked up. Yeah, exactly. And again, this is where this is when you want to start to do that. If you get a rookie running back in the seventh, eighth, ninth round who turns into a starter for you, you've done really good. And uh, usually that can propel you to championship land. Um, in the last few rounds here, the only thing I'll mention, the 10th round is where we saw the first defense come off the board, Baltimore. Um, for me, it's still a bit early. I would still prefer to wait until maybe even 11th, 12th round before I pick the defense. But again, also mentioned in the 10th round, a whole string of good tight ends. Um, in the 11th round, we saw our first kicker. And all I'm going to say about that is don't be that guy. Don't pick your mm -hmm. kicker in the 11th round. Wait till the fourth. Usually it's a 15 round league. Wait till the 14th or 15th pick. Um, but Emmanuel Sanders in the 11th round. Man, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. good pick. Yeah. This guy can get a lot of catches for you. I love that pick. Um, and then I'll mention, too, I picked up Madison as a handcuff. Um, again, this is where you want to start thinking about handcuffs your backup to your star running backs. Well, I was still surprised in round 12. Take a look at Philip Lindsay and Marlon Mack were still sitting there. Yeah, starting um, potential for starting running backs. Marlon Mack is the starter right now with um, Taylor behind him. So, yeah, exactly. There's still good value there. Yep. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to mention round 10, my last pick, I picked up Miko Hardman. Thank you very much, Jed. Yes, I love that pick. <laughs> I saw when you got him, I was like, oh, man, great pick. <laughs> well, in the last episode, you made an argument about him. And I didn't think about Hardman until you mentioned that. I said, wow, he's still there. Yeah, yeah. Second, I mean, he, he's the number two guy in Kansas City. Yeah. And um, some people, like I, I mentioned, in camp, they're talking about him more than Tyreek Hill. So that's pretty impressive. Got it. Hey, also round 11, I, I I picked up Aaron Rodgers. He was still sitting there in round 11. Yeah, and that's, again, why I'm saying if you wait on quarterback, man, you can you can get a lot of good value. You save those early picks for better players and then wait on quarterback. And, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he could easily be in the top 10, um, no problem. And to get him in the 11th round, that's really great. Was he your yeah. starting quarterback? He is my starting okay. quarterback. Yeah, see, I, that's not bad. As much as people dislike him for this year, he has the potential to do really, really well. Oh, for sure. It definitely could be a bounce back year. Well, I mean, he had a decent year last year, too, so um, not, a, not a bad pick at all. And actually, even in the next round, Matthew Stafford in round 12. I like Matthew Stafford yep. as a quarterback pick there. Again, um, I think Detroit's going to be tossing it a lot as long as he stays healthy. Yep, yep. Round 13, 14, 15. Uh, Damien Harris, who we've uh, – look at how low Damien Harris lasted. And I bet you he'll continue to rise up, but you could get a potential starting running back in round 13, round 12. Yeah, Damien Harris, uh, to me, that really jumped out. And in the round 13, I was like, man, that is a great, great pick. I'll also mention Joe Burrow, you know, with the quarterbacks. If you're going to take a shot, hey, he might turn out to be, you know, we'll see. Catch lightning in a bottle. That's not a bad pick at all. Yep, yep. Look at, I mean, we were just talking about Kerryon Johnson. He lasted into the 15th That's round. what it was, 15th. I was like, man, he went, and he's the starter. He is the declared starter in Detroit. And so, you know, I think that's, again, you can get really good value. Henry Ruggs is the other yep. guy I'll mention yep. in round 15. I thought that was a great pick. I mean, Ruggs yep. could really pan out there, so I like that. He has potential, especially I think Waller will be your uh, get the most receptions. Tyree, Terrell Williams is injured or will mm -hmm. struggle. Ruggs has potential being your number one wide receiver. Yeah, there's a good there's an argument for him over CD Lamb, um, but you know we'll see we'll see how it plays out. 
And take a look at round 14, Zach Moss. And that's a good pickup as well, too, because he could potentially be a starter running back. But like Jarwin could be potentially. Daniel Jones has potential as a, as a breakout, not breakout player, but a sleeper pick for you. Yeah, at the quarterback position, I mean, I'm not big on Daniel Jones. I think his accuracy issues kind of scare me off, but he does. He runs, too, so um, it's it's not a bad pick there, especially in round 14. Uh, basically, anything, if you can pick up a player in round 13, 14, or 15 who is an actual starter for you, you've done a good job. Yeah, like round 14, for me, I would say this. Austin Hooper was my starting quarterback, which I found in round 14. Yeah, you're starting tight end. Yes, yeah, yeah to get – Yes, to get Austin Hooper again. That's why I think the two positions you can really potentially wait on are quarterback and then tight end, which is interesting. Quarterback has been historically, but tight end, I think this year is is so strong, you can wait for a really long time and still feel comfortable. Yep. Chad, thank you. I know you need to run to a meeting, and we'll talk on Tuesday. Yeah, had a blast. Um, hope everyone has a good weekend. All right, talk soon, everyone. For more information, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at fantasymatchup.nfl. That is fancy matchup.nfl. Talk soon.